1: Those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. It's the most
3: bulls**t thing I've seen in 30 years. Welcome, orange men and ladies. We are back. Happy Sunday. This is the Cuse Militia with Sean and Joe. At Cuse Militia on the socials. Go there, join the militia. Thanks for tuning in and hanging out with us. We appreciate all of you, Syracuse put together their third win in a row in ACC play, a 92-69 bullying of Louisville. Um, Bring Syracuse back up above 500. you You'll hear from us, and we'll hear from you in fan feedback. Then we'll let you know what we think about the Orange... Back on the road to take on Boston College this Tuesday at 8 p.m. But before we get into all that, we obviously miss the NC State game. A lot of stuff going on. Joe was traveling. He was dealing with the weather. And um, it just didn't work out. It's been a long time since uh, a show didn't pan out. But sometimes it happens. So we apologize. But it's, it's, it's fun to be back and um, talking about three in a row for the basketball team. So, uh, look. Let's, let's hit these three signees real quick, Joe. Uh, the big one, Greg Delane, uh, flipped him from Georgia Tech, and Syracuse is going to grab an ACC foe, you know, big recruit, uh, um, a, a cornerback, six one 170 pounds out of Florida. Um, I'm sorry. I, 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 look, I've been out of the loop. These three recruits, I'm just going to be straight up. I haven't watched any tape. Normally I do. But right. but but I but I haven't. So I did a little reading though and you know, it, it seems like a big deal. So and it's always tough to track who we're recruiting. I know like a lot of people really love doing that stuff. It just does not it doesn't tickle my fancy at all. <laughs> I like I like to just know so I don't so I don't know many of these names, which you know, you can say what you want about that. But uh, anyways, flipped them from Georgia Tech Joe. That's pretty good. And and you know, like we said, Babers has got to turn it up, and uh, he has. Well, we'll see how this comes together, but um, a, a decent recruit in Greg Delane, no doubt. So uh, the yeah. o- the other one, a kicker. Okay, we we all know about the Syracuse kicking woes that we've had uh, the past year. Six foot, hundred and eighty pound Brady Denneberg. He's also out of Florida. Uh, other offers from Air Force, Florida, uh, and um, Rhode Island. So. A kicker waiting in the wings. That's decent. Uh, obviously, as we know, we have a kicker, but it is always good to have another backup. Yeah. And then a uh, defensive end in uh, Jacoby, or excuse me, Kevin Jobitti Jr. And 6'4", 250. a good size. And he's out in New York. So that's good. Uh, recruiting out of the state there. So mm-hmm. um, offers from Army. Harvard, Villanova, and Yale, and smart cookie must be, huh? So, a little bit, right? Yeah, gotta be a little bit. So, uh, Joe, any of these stand out to you? Do you have any any input on on anything? Uh, What can you add?
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think they stand out for me because uh, I do think that you know we see uh, you know two guys that are probably going to be most likely starters um in the not so distant future talking one two years um as far as the kicker goes uh Denneberg, he might be the starter next year right uh,
2: um, possible. Now, possible kevin
1: yeah. I'll, I'll start with kevin jabidi june he's currently not ranked and you, you you named his his scholarships he got army late and um this guy really, uh, he's kind of an under the radar guy because he's raw and he hasn't maximized his talent um, at six four two fifty, played a little bit of football in middle school. But then when he had to make a decision when he came to high school um, slash, you know, junior high or whatever, uh, he chose soccer over football. And we do know, you know, being from New York, that it's the same same season sports. You got to pick one or the other. But he did play. Um, he moved to football. I think probably he got <laughs> to a certain size where it probably wasn't, you know, practical for him to be a soccer player anymore. Um, <laughs> yeah. So he, uh, you know, he went to football his junior and his senior year. So he's raw. Uh, you know, we do need help there, and you know, in-state guy. So um, this is really a guy that, you know, he's not even ranked yet. He will be um, once uh, two four seven, and you know, scouting places uh take a look at him uh whether he's a two or three star um yet to be determined but this is the guy that we we felt that he had the raw skills and athletic ability to possibly help us one day this is a guy that you know d-line you're talking you know two three years down the road especially if he is as raw as they say he is and to get some some technique down and stuff like that but hey um you know might be a diamond in the rough might be a guy that just realizes that you know his maximum talent, you know, it's not at that level, and he might end up transferring. But either way, not a bad get. Um, now, Greg Delane, I thought was a good get because you know he had offers from Wake Forest, Utah, Central Florida, Mississippi State, Georgia Tech, um, and we flipped him from it. You know, and Iowa State as well, and we flipped Louisville. him from uh, Louisville. Yep. And so uh, we flipped him from an um, an in conference team, and um, don't want to call him a rival, but Georgia Tech's been on the rise and uh, he comes in where, you know, right now we're kind of loaded at corner. Uh, so I don't see him coming in and helping this year, although, you know, it, weirder things have happened. But I think with Garrett and Deuce and, you know, Elijah coming in now. Yeah, it's, um, it's
3: a it's in, in it's a it's a spot we worried about last year that is just solid going into next year.
1: Yeah. And I look at like Juan Peterson and like him and stuff. I They're perfect size to kind of come in and reenact and hopefully. You know, with Garrett Williams being the leader that he is and learning from those guys and, and, and obviously Deuce Chestnut and stuff, um, hopefully, you know, one, two years, this guy's ready to come right in and just, you know, kind of pick up where Garrett and Deuce and those guys left off. So, uh, again, I think he's he's a future starter for our team. And then the, the kicker, Brady Denneberg, um, really uh, intriguing. Um, you know, when you look at kickers, it's tough to tell because some teams just, they get walk-ons and so many different types of kickers and you know they have the coles professional kicking camp right that's how they kind of do the kickers punters long snappers and and they have their own kind of camps in their own rating system so to speak um and according to coles they have him as the 12th ranked kicker in this class and um just a little comment from their their website um it's denneberg competed at the coles future stars camp in january of 2021 he was clearly one of the best players in attendance. He was easily able to hit a 57-yard field goal off the ground to win the competition at the Future Star Camp. Denenberg is a strong and talented athlete who also played quarterback. He has hit some big kicks for his high school team, and with continued focus on kicking, he has the talent to be a top-five guy in the 2022 class. denenberg is someone to, fo- to follow in the coming months as he will get better with more experience. You know, so just off of that, you know, one of the better guys that they saw in their camp, I uh, had him ranked 12th, and to their point, this isn't even a guy. This is a guy that's playing quarterback, so you can only imagine how much time he's putting in.
0: Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued. At the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter, Be Continued, at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.
1: Or how much time he has put in to playing quarterback as well other than just this isn't just a kicking specialist right so uh you know it's nice to have this type of depth you know we have two scholarship punters two scholarship kickers and then two walk-ons on each side with the new special teams coach so um you know this to me just means that you know we're not going to miss on kicking and we're not going to let special teams be the woes um or the you know the kind of uh you know egg on the head that's going to stop this team from winning some games so not going to start this year with andre smith here but give him one year to to get some strength and just only concentrate with this new uh special teams coach with kicking and i think this guy's gonna be ready to step in next year as a um, you know redshirt freshman giving us four years of a decent kicker
3: yeah so good coles is coles is um i guess they've took over the kicker game right but uh they've been didn't they didn't we get duped by coles
1: we did by James Williams so yeah, far, so yeah, um, yeah. but so, I mean, we had, I mean, uh, Hoff Richter was up there too, and he ended up working out pretty well, so.
3: Absolutely, absolutely, to be fair, but, and those things are hard to judge, you know, I mean, somewhat, <laughs> so, anyways, all right, before we get into, we have so much, we have so much, we have, <laughs> yeah, we we have, we have, we have tidbits, we're not going to talk too much about NC State, um, obviously. We didn't get here for. It. I don't want to it's come and gone. You've already heard all the analysis that there is to hear. And so we will focus on Louisville and Boston College. Um, who they will play uh, Syracuse will play Tuesday but before we get started uh, today's episode is brought to you by sports drink Uh, this is your digital water cooler sports drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports they're here to help us grow and to help you hate your favorite team arise and tide lifts all boats so go check them out Online or on social, go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram and type in at sportsdrink. That's spelled S P R T S D R N K, like sports drink without the vowels. They have a uh, they have written content, but they uh, their main focus is on podcasts like ours, and they have MLB, NBA, NFL. And a plethora of NCAA stuff That you can go check out Um, So if you would Again, sportsdrink.org Okay, look, here's what Coach Had to say after the game
2: You know, we were really good Defensively today in the first half Uh, Louisville's Coming off an overtime game with Carolina And a really close game with Duke And, uh you could see at the end, when we didn't play defense there at the end, they can shoot and you know our defense was just good. And it just makes it easier for us when our defense is good. It doesn't put as much pressure on our offense. And I mean, offensively we moved well, you know, Joe did a great job of running the offense, getting Jesse when he was rolling and when he wasn't hitting the shooters, um, you know, it was just a really, really good offensive game again.
0: So, can you hear me? Mm-hmm. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. A couple of games ago in Pittsburgh, Joe really struggled, and he's been pretty good the last three games. Pretty, pretty, is he? good? pretty good?
2: Games. Pretty good? He's been pretty good the last three games. No, yeah. he hasn't been pretty good, Donna. Okay. He's been really, doing? really good. Okay. Yeah. Well, but point I, point that's point. typical of what everybody says about Joe Girard. When he plays point great, point. they say he's pretty good. <laughs>
0: Okay. Aside, you know, how
2: words play, are important.
0: How is his play over the last three games? You know, how has it helped you put up these kinds of points that you're putting up?
2: Well, obviously. How critical is he to your offense? Your your point guard is critical for your offense. Period.
3: Coach, another win, three straight now. With a slate of schedule, slate of games playing up against teams in the
1: bottom of the ACC. Can we see more of the guys coming off the
2: bench and assuming they play well? Yeah, that'd be good. They went in up up 30 and they got down to 18. I noticed those things. They have to play better. We need those guys to play better when they get in. They get, they're get they getting opportunities and when if they can capitalize on them, um, then, you know, they're going to play. I watched Villanova play today. They're, I think, 10th in the country. they played six guys. One of them didn't. The sixth guy didn't. Yeah, the sixth guy played. That was it. I think the biggest thing is that Jimmy and Cole, you know, are guys coming in first year. Jesse's getting his first long minutes. And I think it's taken them time to get to this level. I think offensively they played pretty well enough, a lot, to win more games. Our defense just wasn't good enough. But if you look at portal guys all across the country, name, especially the more of the guys you know, most of them aren't doing as well. It takes time to adjust to a new program. It is not that easy to come out of the portal and play right away. One thing about the old way, when you set out the year, you kind of got used to what the system was and it was maybe a little easier, like Elijah Hughes, Mike Benajay, going back to Wesley Johnson. They were with us a year. They knew what we were doing. They were comfortable. They came right out of the box playing really well. Yeah, I mean, I think the fans are great. Our fans have always been great. You know, I can't wait till we get them back and they don't have to wear masks and they can just do whatever. I, I think that we're, we're, every place we go, there's no mask. Every, we're the, this is the only place I can see it. And, uh, you know, I know a lot of fans that just aren't coming. They don't want to do it. They don't want to do that. They don't want to do all that stuff. So hopefully we can get to a point where we can get there. But our fans have been great early in the year and now they've been great we just have to keep playing we keep working, keep playing Boston College has beaten Notre Dame up there they've beaten Virginia Tech they played really well and uh, there's no one in this league that can't beat you if you don't play if you don't go out and play play well you can't just play you have to play well we made Louisville look bad they're not that bad we just played really really well on both ends of the court
3: that's key. All right, Joe. Uh, a little bit long montage, but it was it was it was over twelve minutes, and there was some good stuff in there, and then there was just some mm-hmm. stuff I wanted to add because I thought it was funny. Uh, all right, so g- these three wins. Okay, you're gonna get the you're gonna get the ones that poo poo these three wins. You s- they still strung together three three wins in a row. This this was a quad three game at home, so. You know they should win that. That's correct, but they they did so, and they strung together three wins. We talked about uh, going into this stretch here and how important it was to get as many as we could. And so far they're three and one uh, from where they from where we pointed made the, made a point of that. So, anyways, um, we will continue. So, and this is going to be the stretch that's going to make or break this team, and it's very important that who who they play. Whoever they're playing, they win. Uh, the defense has been better. Uh, the uh, As far as offense, obviously we know they can score. The difference is, is that they're scoring together, and there's been really good ball movement. Like, mm-hmm. ball movement that we haven't seen so far this year. And, um, you know, you've got Cole Swider. Okay, I don't... I don't pay attention to a lot of other written things, or I don't listen to any other Syracuse sports podcasts, but I know that Joe and I have been talking about Cole Swider needing to to get going, and and, and him kind of being the key to to being successful and allowing other guys to get opportunities to shoot if he becomes a threat, and over the past three games, he's scored 48 points. Joe has come alive over the past three games. He's scored 46 points, but he's going to score. But those two guys have been in in a little bit of slumps, and Joe was in a little bit of a slump. But Cole is really these three games is what is when it clicked for him. It seems like offensively, uh, his his lowest total in a game was eleven. I believe that was against Wake Forest. So in that one, that one started the the three game win streak. So it's really good, Joe. Have you noticed a, a, a visual difference in the way this team plays offense and defense?
1: Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say I have seen a difference in defense. It's just, it's more, it's just more, more consistent because we've seen them do the stretches throughout the season. Right. It's just, haven't seen it consistently. So I think that we've seen it a little bit more, more consistent. And, um, as far as offense goes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. This offense, uh, two games in a row, both are all of our starters, have scored in double digits. Um, we've shot over 50% from from the floor for the past two games, and in the last two games, I think I believe we're 30 for 37 from the free throw line, and we're uh, scoring baskets with way more assists. You know, the turnovers we're not having a crazy amount of turnovers or handling any type of pressure. I mean, albeit it hasn't been great the last couple of games, but we have been handling it, um, and we're still kind of slightly eking out the rebound battle. So, um, I mean, just is just what we talked about when I'm. Uh, well now everybody's hitting shots this is what it looks like especially when you know they start moving the ball around you know and then I don't know like if it was just something clicked or because I know we talked about it you know the Wake Forest game we won Giannis Giannis was there and he went back into the the locker room talked to the team and he, he talked to them about how they played winning basketball and how they were passing you know sharing the ball and everything like that and I feel like that's kind of stuck, and it's moved forward to these other games. So, uh, absolutely, you can see the difference. But I mean, realistically, the difference is is that they're just making their shots.
3: Yeah, it's been a lot cleaner. I mean, the, oh the, yeah, the, everything about it's been cleaner. The turnovers have been limited, and you know, it hasn't been a whole lot of sloppy basketball like we've seen. Leading up, honestly, leading up to this point at any given time could be completely sloppy. They've had sloppy yeah. moments, but that stuff's going to happen. I mean, Duke has sloppy moments, so it. Yeah. they Go ahead.
1: I was just going to say they're moving the ball around better. Yes, uh, sharing the sharing the ball. Uh, you don't see the hero ball anymore. It's the extra
3: pass, uh, then, the pick and roll. Like like Jesse has just become so good. He's such a threat to either set a pick and let someone pop off from behind the arc, and he's just as dangerous rolling back in towards the basket. I mean, he's just been phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, how how long has it been how many years has it been, Joe, since we've utilized the pick and roll move this many times in every game? Like that it's like an actual asset that we've we've been able to utilize. It's just
1: been so long. I mean, we've always so used the pick and roll. Well, or not I understand. We pass it to it, but the, the center it, it, is <laughs> a different story, right?
3: <laughs> the execution Rakeem, hasn't been there.
1: Rakeem Christmas, maybe? Well, yeah, I mean, right, exactly. Like, maybe the last time. So, yeah, the execution's there. And then obviously, you already you see the third level, too. You see the third layer of that. Jesse is actually, I mean, he's very decisive now. He gets it, and if he sees the clear path, he goes.
3: And you gotta, you gotta admire the dunk too. Instead of trying to lay it in or trying to Mm, be fancy, that
1: I admire the the footwork. I admire the fact that he keeps the ball up high. He doesn't take another dribble, so that the guard can take the ball away, take the one step and slam it home. Everything that he is doing, as far as that's concerned, even now, too, if somebody else rotates to try to stop him, then whoever left that guy, like we got somebody just sitting over there waiting for a three point. So I mean, even. Even Jesse had three, like he up three pointers because after he caught the ball off that roll, somebody else had rolled up from getting a dunk, and now someone's wide open three point line. So, and any other four people or players that are out there as far as starters can hit that three pointer. So overall, you see it, and you see the players moving better. And overall, it's just it's the offense. Uh, you know, if we continue to play teams that that cannot. They just don't have the skill set. In the players to stop our offense, then this is what you see, especially if we're shooting like this.
3: Um, Joe Gerard, he's been pretty good. He's been pretty good. I love that clip, by the way. I don't know what the oh, hell... God. I don't know what coach has got on what his wild hair is with Donna, but it's... I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. Mm. What to the say. Thing
1: is, is with, with that, I don't know. I think that's like 50% Donna and 50% just everybody that trashes joe
3: uh, he, she just course. happened to
1: ask the question right like right. i mean i think he would ask like that to anybody that would have asked probably the question, i think he's just that fed up with just the joe gerard talk
3: yeah i get it yeah totally you're you're breaking up real bad i don't know if you're on wi-fi if your wi-fi is off on your phone or what you got going on but you are grainy and you are skipping like badly uh I, i'm what you're saying but you're skipping Um, Okay, so look, Coach makes a great point that I haven't heard anybody talk about when it comes to Jimmy and Cole getting started on the year, and that is the transfer portal rules and not having to sit out a year and be able to practice with the team, but to just come in and immediately start practicing and playing. And I got to be honest, I, I, I never even really thought about that, and it makes complete sense. And Coach is right. I mean... Uh, you know, you look at these guys that are transferring right away, and are in playing right away. I mean, it takes it does take time to learn, and especially with our program, what Syracuse has going on, I think is even. I think it's even more of a learning curve for a lot of guys. And you see that even mm-hmm. Jimmy his dad's been the coach for 46 years and and still, you know, he he had he had a, a an adjustment period that definitely took some time for him to get a little bit more comfortable and stuff. So, you know, it could just be that switch being um being turned on for mainly Cole, but it's a good point nonetheless. It's something to definitely consider yeah. when we talk about, you know.
1: Yeah, maps absolutely man right I, mean, I think you know i think he's indirectly talking about quincy
3: i i think Kadari. he is yeah. and some of these guys right Kadari does and leave an Paul's assist he he lead. i think he leads an assists and steals on his team but he's averaging nine points a game but his defense is definitely important could he, obviously we could have used that i think that's yeah, been well, the I argument think he's
1: also leading the team in turnovers as well
3: okay so well, there you go. um
1: It's, yeah, I mean, I was looking at some box scores, seven turnovers, nine turnovers. Uh,
3: Yeah, he did that last year. That's why he wasn't on the floor all the time.
1: Well, And that's what, you know, our fans, they want to cherry pick the 26-point game he had or something like that, right? But realistically, I mean, my buddy Sabo, uh, his dad's a Seton Hall fan, watches every game. And he's like, and we we talked about this when I was um, actually up at Syracuse last week. Um, We talked about it, and he was basically, I was like, you know, oh, Kadari, this this," isn't, and then, He's like he, drive, like, he drives my dad crazy. Like, his dad doesn't like him. His dad doesn't like that he's on the team. And from what I understand, a lot of the Seton Hall fans aren't huge. Like, they can see the, you know... Potential? Potential, but I guess he's just, you know, kind of a, a one-on-one guy. And, he's you know, a... he's he a to do I'm, some crazy stuff.
3: I'm trying to be we a star. I'm we trying to be a star. It, right? Yeah, we saw and, it, yeah.
1: And we had a... And, I, and no matter what anybody wants to say, and I'm not saying that he couldn't have eventually fit here, but... Um, I think he, he would have been. There and,
3: I think he would have been great this year, Joe.
1: Yeah, I think he would well, have been all, great for Syracuse It's all about this attitude. Yeah, that, it's all about attitude yeah. and being able to, to to take a role and just understand that that's the role until maybe next year until something changes or you will work harder to you know. Um, but at the end of the day, yeah, I mean, the Seaton Hall fans aren't the huge fan as big of fans as him, and you know, Quincy he starts for for Oregon, but I mean, he put he doesn't put up as great of numbers as you'd think, so.
3: Yeah. Um, Okay, let's start wrapping this thing up here. Look, you heard Coach, and, you know, people will unfollow. People will will DM me and threaten to not listen, and and all that stuff's cute and everything. But, um, you know, we're still doing Zoom meetings with Coach and the press um, after the game. It's just at what point do we say, Okay, let's just stop. I put a picture up that people people hate me for. I, I don't really care. Uh, I put a pic. Did you see the picture on Facebook? You're not on Twitter, but I put it on Facebook with with the holes, cutting the masks, and blowing instruments and all that stuff. I mean, what are you doing to the, these poor kids, man? You know, it's just so it's just it's so dramatic. It's such theater. Like, what are you trying to accomplish with all of it? And in the meantime, you're killing crowd sizes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we we all year we've been begging on, um, you know, getting the crowds there and wishing they would loosen these COVID rules and and all of these requirements to enter the Dome. It, it makes it difficult for families. Like Joe said, you can't just walk up and and do this if you're not fully vaccinated and have a freaking vaccination license that they require at the door. You know, you, you can't do those things. And until those things are gone you know, they've put some decent crowds in there and, and hats off to Auto's army for really stepping up a couple times and putting all the students in there. And they deserve all the credit in the world for that. Uh, but the locals showed up um, against Louisville and it looked pretty decent in there, but we'll, we'll get into some of that in fan feedback, Joe, but, but look, at what point do they stop this madness? And they are like, look, okay, the whole country is on, you know, coach says there's no mass anywhere. Well, people wear mass, you know, if, in other places, I just don't know if it's required. People are having normal press conferences when they go on the road and stuff like that. It's just, I think it's time. I think it's time to stop doing it. I thought it was time a long time ago, and I know you're with me, but, I mean, if you don't feel safe going to a game, then just don't go to a game. I mean, but everybody else would like to go to a game.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> just... The, I guess this is one of the things, I think, In like again, me being up there this week, I mean, it was. it was more... They were more, you know, kind of on you about the mass out in public than they were when I went last fall for, oh, really? for a wedding. So, oh, yeah. So, well,
3: you know, um, so you noticed it like just around town and whatnot.
1: I noticed the difference between this past fall and um, when I came back up here, just a four or five, six month difference. There's this Omicron thing. They made it to where you have to do it in public or when you're out in a public place um and like again, you're talking
3: about well hold on hold on because i'm I, I haven't been back to syracuse in two years but um you're you're talking about like in in restaurants and
1: stores super, anything, supermarkets and
3: stuff. really
1: i i had and they say to stuff my, to you i had to go to my grandma's wake and we all had to wear masks i had no idea who anybody was um <laughs> No, so again, when I went up there in the fall, it said something like, um, "Please wear your mask if you are not vaccinated." That's like what the signs were. Right, and then, and then now it's the honor system. and then system, when I came up this time, right, and then when I came up this time, it was every uh, mask, basically everybody mask mandatory for everybody, no matter what. Places. So yeah, so it got. I think this omicron thing got them all, you know. And I think it's just one of those things where I think that some people just they don't understand that, like they think that because it's happening there and they listen to whatever they listen to as far as news or whatever, like that, like, but it's not the same. Like, it's not the same where you live. It's not the same where I live. And we know that they don't do any more world news because they don't want anybody in the U S to see how every other country is dealing with this. So at the end of the day, it's just one of those things where some people just they're in their element, they're in their bubble and they're being told that this is the way that it is. And, um, that's just not necessarily the truth everywhere else. So, I mean, it's going to be, it's up to them, really. I mean, if they want to keep taking this hit, they're not going to sell out. You know, if they want to keep taking this hit and, and everything like that, then they can do that, you know. And already I've noticed or I've heard because there's one extra game in Notre Dame's coming to the, mm-hmm. to the, uh, to dome. the dome that I've I heard season tickets up in the 300s doubled from 100 to 200. So if you're going to double ticket prices for season well, tickets for
3: football, they're trying to make up the difference here. Some of the people who are paying are going to have to pay more.
1: Well, yeah, but now you're going to talk about pay more, and do I really want to deal with that again? Right. So, I mean, there's going to be twofold. So, again, I mean, it's up to the university and how long they want to, you play know, the, um, play the game, play the play the game. It, or, at you at know, this point, until, to me, it's, it's, until they take a certain hit,
3: right. At this Monetary. point, to me, it's it's well, I'm sure they've taken a little bit, but at, at this point, I just feel like it's um, it's it's theater when you got holes in your mask and you're blowing in instruments and. You know, last I checked, someone someone replied. Well, they have bell covers on them. That's like what goes on the end of a saxophone or a trumpet. It's like a mesh thing, um, which is not going to stop <laughs> if you're blowing COVID through. It's not going to stop it. For one, for two, they don't have monofilutes. And in, and in, and I mean, you know, I mean, it is what it is. It was it was it was meant to be fun because it looks stupid. Okay, the the picture I posted. But uh, you're right i mean it's um I think it's a long time to just stop, and if you don't feel safe or you're vulnerable, maybe you, you probably shouldn't go. I think that's how it should be and um it's it's you know risk analysis individual risk analysis on on everybody's part um, It's called you know. personal
1: responsibility
3: yeah that's uh, what it's so that reminds me Joe. so we talked we talked last week and and i'm not i don't I'm not trying to start anything here, but, but I just thought it was odd because we, we talked last week about the, um, I kept seeing stuff where people were like, why would you wish fans not to show up at the dome and things like that? And I I mean, honestly, that didn't make any sense. Right. So, (laughs) so we were wondering where it came from. I had, I had specifically said that I didn't know where it came from, but Someone had retweeted a tweet from the Locked on Syracuse podcast account, and I guess this was on 125 that they originally tweeted it, and it said, since this tweet, Syracuse has gone 3-0 and broke two uh, attendance records for the year. So uh, they they tweeted, I hope less than 10,000 fans show up to the Dome on Saturday and every game after. The only way to spark change is to embarrass Now, Joe, the only reason I bring this up is because I think there's a disconnect between maybe a lockdown-type show and our show, whereas, I mean, honestly, we're fans. We grew up in Syracuse. I mean, we talk about bleed orange like we bleed orange. We're we're fans. And although we can be critical, I think that um, as locals growing up there, that you would never wish... For the dome to be empty, uh, you always want to bring the crowds in because I think obviously the, the players deserve it and right. so so that's where it came from I think it's I was a little taken back for for a podcast to be doing that, but I guess I don't know much about lockdown, but I, I think they're new house kids or gentlemen, men, whatever, young men, and uh, maybe they just don't understand the local feel for Syracuse and growing up and being part of you know Syracuse orange since Syracuse orange men
1: well I mean that could be it you know and I'm sure that it's not that it didn't just come from them I mean obviously that's the only one I saw
3: just to be fair you're probably right but that's the only one I get
1: that but I'm just saying I'm sure that there's a bunch of fans that are like that oh absolutely yeah Absolutely. So I mean, all you can really do is speculate. It's just again, I mean, I, we kind of talked about this. Like, I just don't see a diehard, especially seeing living, growing up, and and if you know, having seeing the effect, going through, and seeing how Syracuse is, has been, and, and and what Jim Beheim's done to, you know, not only university but yeah, the city, the town. I mean, fans, everything. Um
3: it's, it's gross a lot, so a lot I, of stuff. I'm sorry, Joe, but real quick, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but no, go ahead. When, living here in Virginia Beach, and when I talk about Syracuse, I'm like, growing up, Joe, that's all we had. Like there's not a ton in Syracuse to do. I mean, we get, we get the right. fair close, right? You know, I, I grew up on the lake, oh, not a lake, and that was a blast, but the main thing Syracuse has is their football and basketball programs, and that's what we knew growing up, and that's Syracuse. Into like yeah. in, 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 right and so college basketball, the
1: Syracuse game in Syracuse was the show. It's y- the show of the
3: town. Yes, and and you you have, I mean, I have an affinity for Syracuse. I haven't been there. I've I've been I've lived in Virginia Beach for over twenty years now. Um, nothing can change the way I feel about Syracuse basketball and football. It's all mm-hmm. we knew, and I tell people, you know, hey, uh, Syracuse is really a little town, and. um all we had is our basketball and football programs, and that's what we pride ourselves on, and that's what that city was built on, and that's what Jim Beheim has has. He's the staple. Oh, school, yeah. That's yeah. this. It's he's the staple. The basketball program is the staple of that whole city. Why you would not want people to show up to a game is crazy talk to me. It just doesn't make yeah. any sense.
1: Well, you're in either either just over the top, overboard fan like angry is,
3: angry like angry just sour about it the or the salty worst season about
1: it that we've had in 50 years you know or so on and so forth you know i mean that's the whole thing i just don't understand sometimes is that again it's a situation where i mean some some of this stuff in this situation is being said by someone that hasn't been a diehard and maybe they just started being syracuse fans because they went to syracuse right so um they haven't grown up they haven't had like again what exactly what you just explained they didn't they don't have that You know, that I have that experience of a lifetime where this is you've seen everything like what he's built where your first sporting
3: Um, event ever in your entire life with this was a Syracuse game. And for years growing up, it's all I ever knew is a sporting event.
1: Yeah, (laughs) I just I I think that. Right. And that's the thing is, is that I mean, and I'm not calling I'm not saying anything that they're not true fans or real fans. But if you're diehard, you you're a Syracuse fan, you grew up and just lived and breathed Syracuse. You could be as upset as you want. I mean, we've talked about it. You, we can tell in these, in these, these podcasts that like, we're lost sometimes because we're in uncharted waters. We've never in our lifetimes even seen. So, I mean, I can understand being a little upset and being a little mad. But
3: Yeah, absolutely. To we're, that point, we're there. We were there. To,
1: we, to, we still are. I mean, we cool. still got a lot I mean, of making still up not, to do. It's but still at not the end great. of the day, sure. it, I can be as mad as I want, and I still understand that Jim Beheim he gets to go out the way that he gets to go out. He built this thing. Yeah. And, he, and yes. you know, at the end of the day, I don't see any way that he's going to tear it the hell down like everyone's saying. Oh, because even some people are like, hey, he built it. He can tear it down before he goes. And some people feel like that. And I'm just along the lines of, you know, we got alumni, we got the family and, and everything like that. And I just don't see I still think that when he decides to bow out and retire, that um, if we don't go inside in family um, in house, like you know, an Autry or a Hopkins or a Macmillan you know. or something, it's still a donation for for a coach, you know. So, um, it, it's just it is what it is, and I just it, to me, it's just it's. I guess, and I mean, we, we could be completely off off base here, but in my eyes, like I could never ever say that. I could never ever it, at least seriously tweet or say or write anything like that because you don't, you don't wish that on
3: your program coaches,
1: on, you know what I mean? Your yeah. program, yeah. anything like that.
3: Like, and you, know? you can and separate just... Joe, you can separate the school from the program, which I've done for numerous years. Um, you know, the school is one thing, you know, when you talk about COVID restrictions and all this stuff, the, the, the program is what I, is my, that's what's in, Bedded in me is the programs mm-hmm. you know i didn't go my wife did her undergrad there but it was, when it was whatever you know but and i had and, you know when my wife did her undergrad there we had uh, you know the five dollar student section tickets which was phenomenal so it's good times mm-hmm. right um late 90s and um it's just i think as a local growing up there it was just when i heard about it it was absurd but when i saw where it came from i was like I was shocked. That's all. And I, I don't listen yeah. to Lockdown. Like I said, I don't listen to any Syracuse podcasts unless James Zuba's doing one. I might listen to him talk on Noons or something like that. Um, I don't listen to him guest, but I, I've listened to him on Noons. So, anyway, with that said, keep showing up. Keep showing up. Hopefully, the hopefully the rules get li- these 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 uh, restrictions get lifted soon. And we can see what a difference it can make when you got the basketball team clicking and you have these restrictions uh, starting to wane and lift.
1: Yeah. And then honestly, if, if, if that did happen to me personally, that would be an embarrassment to not only the team, but the city, the university, the fans, everything. Um, you don't just you don't just act like that after, you know, one season that's not even finished yet. You, yeah, right. yeah. you just you just don't do that I right. mean it's just you don't wish that upon anybody and to me that's just that comment comes from somebody who either A hasn't been a long time fan or B somebody who's always hated Jim Boeheim
3: and that is quite possible look that's going to wrap that rant up huh okay so here we are 40 minutes into this thing and we are now going to hear from you
0: VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com/slash/metaverseimpact. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again.
2: You, the loud mouths from the loud house.
3: All right, you guys know what to do at the end of every game. I ask you for your thoughts and then you give them. I go through, I sift through them and uh, I'll, pick, I'll pick some out and we'll talk about them here. I seriously contemplated today for, to just go to Facebook for this. I really did. I am so like straight up done with Twitter. It's not even funny. <coughs> It, 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 you know, it's just that that the the amount of like BS on Twitter is just it's just it's so old. I, I and I and I catch myself up in it because it's fun at first, and then it's like okay, I'm done. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, Alex on Facebook, kind of what I expected from this team from the jump. Took a little time more time, but we are playing well at the right time. Yes, it always seems like. There is a moment to, towards the end of the season, or even you know three quarters away through the season, where things do end up starting to click. No matter what, that's like the Syracuse Jim Beheim pattern. Um, to be honest, I mean it's kind of like that all. And we've talked about that this year, uh, wondering when it was going to happen. So hopefully this yeah. is it. Obviously the competition, Joe, like Coach said, Louisville has given teams fits, and we yeah. ju- we just you know we just really took it to them. Mm-hmm. Just took it to him, and it just played a yep. great game.
1: Yeah, and you know what? Too to that comment. I mean, maybe we were a little naive to think like that because what what coach said uh, during his his uh, post game. You know, you get these transfers. It takes a little while for everything to click. So all of a sudden, you got Samir, who's a transfer, Jimmy, who's a transfer, Cole, who's a transfer. Yeah. And then it's like, you know, it maybe it took th- those three guys, you know, a little bit m- longer to get comfortable with their role, to learn the, you know, the rotations and everything like that. Um, so again, to his, to his comment, maybe he's not, he wasn't just talking about, you know, players that transfer from here and go other places, but vice versa the ones that come in. So you got to have to, you know, have a little bit. Of, you know how you have like a longer leash for a true freshman because it's their first year in. Yeah, I mean, you you don't want to give them that kind of leash, and you expect a little bit more from someone who's transferred and played. But it still is different team, different role, different schemes and and styles of play, and uh, that takes that takes time.
3: To Alex's point, Noah says uh, on Facebook, I think it's the part of the season where they've figured everything out, and now it's just about making shots. So. You know we're gonna see the the last four games of this this season are brutal, and we've got some we've got some um, games coming up right now that are gonna be bunched together. So you know you're looking at Notre Dame still needs to be announced, but uh, Duke, North Carolina, Miami, those are gonna that's a that's a gauntlet to finish the year. So and then we got we got Boston College pretty close back to back almost boston college virginia tech boston college so um last second quarter, yeah obviously
1: well, and the problem too right there is that you also have a situation where things really aren't spread out that far so right i mean you're talking you're talking about you're playing georgia tech then at notre dame then home against duke then at north carolina home away home away in in eight days Yeah, it's so. close it's
3: it's bunched together because those are both makeup games the notre dame and the other Boston College,
1: right? And really, Boston College, too. Yeah. So you're talking about you play Boston College. Well, Was it Boston College,
3: College or Georgia Tech that's the makeup game? I'm sorry.
1: Georgia Tech is a makeup game. Okay, but right. Boston College, we had so February 19th, then Georgia Tech, the 21st, then at Notre Dame, the 23rd, and three days later, Duke, two days later at North Carolina.
3: Yeah. And, and then we and had a by week way,
1: before Miami. So that's
3: a brutal podcast schedule, too, by the way. I'm just going to throw that out there. Um, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh Zach, top fan.
3: Our boy Zach on Facebook. He says, Was at the game. Man, we gotta think of a way to bring and keep up the energy in the dome. I understand it was a blowout, but my god, I feel like I was I was at a golf game most of the time. Please play some music, something anything during breaks. Um oh. During break I sorry my phone screwed up anything during breaks during the game the band barely played well yeah the the energy at the dome sometimes is a little bit left to be desired as it's, it's it's my one criticism quite often and that's mostly with the locals I feel like the students really hold their own uh, for the most part uh, but yeah you know it, and it doesn't come across on the TV good so I don't ever really judge it. But I mean, it mm. n- needs a little bit of energy. Needs a little bit of energy. I think. Fair enough, Joe.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and I'm starting to qu- I'm starting to question the attendance as well, uh, because as much as it has looked better on TV, I, ca- I saw a couple shots of the nosebleeds the other day, and there was like nobody up there.
3: Yeah, usually. So I mean, there's... I don't
1: know if this is a situation where they're like moving people down, or if they want people to
3: it bunching you know, towards th- the camera. This is where the camera is. Yeah, because it looks decent on TV.
1: And even then, 23? Like, I don't care how bad we are, how, whatever. Like, on a Saturday afternoon? I mean, come on. Yeah. Right, well, we you know. We, in our, right. Wait, we well, we get 23 in our sleep? Right. Well, we, we used we to get 23 on Tuesday nights and 9. You <laughs> know. I know. What? Uh,
3: Joseph on Facebook, complete domination today. Defense is better. Luckily, Louisville missed a bunch of open ones. Like I said, weeks ago, this team goes through Edwards. He changes the game on both ends of the court. Great shooters making their shots lately. This team keeps playing like this. They're going to make the tournament. Whoa, Joseph. Pump the brakes. But we'll see what happens. If they keep playing like this, it's a possibility. And uh, we'll see. You know, what, how, how Syracuse would it be to just have this team all, you know, two games under 500 as late as it was and uh, us writing them off and uh, coming out and, and um, making the tournament. That's a very Syracuse thing right there.
1: No, well, we got our, we got our schedule that we talked about and the next four games are very winnable. The toughest one coming, you know, next Saturday at Virginia Tech, but, Again, we talked about this. We talked about this stretch, and you know, we lost to pit, but beat Wake Forest, and, and here we go. Uh, first three game win season, or three game winning streak of the season. Um, we're playing the best we've we've played, and we have the weakest competition left on our on our schedule. We we bang out the next four. You're talking about 16 and 11, and you know, we're talking about bubble talk after that. Even yeah. though they're not as good a teams, that gets our record up there and then gets us into a situation where, you know, we can we can talk about that. Um, I'm 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 right there with him, but um, I this team has let me down too many times this year to be overly confident. I still don't yes. want to fall in that trap.
3: I'm still in the um, show me
1: phase. You gotta you gotta get the next four before you start telling me or before I start talking about that. Um, and, and even even with that, I mean, I still feel like there's just too many. Bad losses. I mean, Pittsburgh aside, you know, you play them twice. That's Colgate fine. VCU, but well, not even VCU. I mean, well, VCU is not and, great
3: right now. I mean, VCU is not
1: great. Georgetown hasn't won a Big E's game.
3: <laughs> okay, that's, what I understand. that's really bad. So,
1: Colgate Georgetown are going to be the two games I think that we look back, and I, I still, you know, if you had to put a gun to my head, we don't win, we don't make the tournament because of that Colgate game. um But you know, obviously, you win a whole bunch. And you take that Colgate game right out of it. Don't even allow them to use it against you, and, and they still have the games. Do that.
3: Yes, Georgetown is 0 and 10 in Big East play, so that is correct, Joe. Uh, Robert on Facebook, it appears something has clicked. These last three games have been dominant. The shooting is clearly coming in. The defense is better, and Edwards is a is a. Or, I'm sorry, and the Edwards factor is very real. Three games at 90 points, like what I'm feeling. Uh, They are going, they're gaining confidence with every game. How cool was it to see a smiling Jim Beheim give Jesse a high five as he came out in a standing ovation? Uh, That was awesome. And, you know, Jesse is playing as good as way, way, way better than I expected. Way better than I expected. Uh, I think anybody. Yeah. And he's just, he's just continues to gain that confidence and just get better and better and just finding ways to. Get in the back door and and get open wide open and I I'm like I, I'm like uh, huh?
1: No, nothing. I just, you just said something about getting in the back door and being wide open.
3: Yeah, I mean, yeah, look, I you got to just... get go through the back door and be open, very open. Mm-hmm. And Jesse's been very open through the back door lately. Just be, just be safe. And it's and it's like and it's like how do they even allow that? Like. Hello. Mm, it's, tough, you know? it's tough to stop. You see you see how much taller he was?
1: Now, all yeah, yeah, are, yeah. You do have to understand that the last two games, NC State and Louisville both had their top big guys out.
3: Yeah, Malik, uh, what's his name? Uh, well, he was suspended. What's his name there?
1: That's a weird last name. Um, yeah, that's – So, but, you know, with Boston College coming, up, it doesn't really even matter. But, yeah, I mean, he's got to be on the right side of most improved player in the ACC, right? He's got to be on the right side. Oh, I
3: mean who, yeah. else would, yeah. who else would be there? Was it Malik Cunningham? No, jeez, I'm crow. No. That's their that's oh, their yeah. damn quarterback.
1: Why is uh, he playing basketball?
2: He might wanna
3: he might wanna. He might wanna Malik Williams is suspended. Mm. So he's a forward. Six eleven forward. He was he was suspended in, indefinitely, so we don't know mm-hmm. uh, what's going on there with that. But um, uh, let's see, head over to Twitter unfortunately at Z P forty four thirty four, all the local media geniuses who have implied that the coach needs to retire should retire themselves. Coach is one of the goats. This team played very well today. Go Cures. I like that. I like that tweet. You win the day.
1: That's, that's great. And honestly, yes, you win the day. And also the way that you, I mean, that's how you got to look at media. It's a grain of salt type thing. That's why this Twitter and everyone just getting in their feelings. Um, you know, media, whether it's local, whether it's national, they need something to talk about, right? Yeah. So, at the end of the day, if Syracuse isn't playing well, they don't got anything to talk about. It, ex- So, what do they it, talk about? Exactly. They talk about the, a change. They talk about what's the problem. I'm to blame it on coach. So, at the end of the day, that's just how that goes. Um, doesn't mean that – sometimes, you know, I don't even really believe – that they actually believe, or even
3: they believe what think even about saying? what
1: they say, right? Like that tweet that you it, said, you know, earlier. Like, like it completely just be to just get people unhinged and like, like, but, like, 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 clicks. click, click, click,
3: click, 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 click. Yeah, click this article, clickbait. Yeah. Now it yeah. don't
1: even have to be right. So I know that's what sucks just, about. Just you know, I mean, if if you don't like it, then just turn yourself off from it. But at the end of the day, uh, people are they, they got to report on something.
3: At Qs Waterboy, this team is clicking and fun to watch. I encourage every fan to use my live in the moment mantra and, and enjoy the ride. Don't dwell on previous games or worry about tournament chances down the road. Just live for the current and then next game. Let's F and go. Yeah. So I mean that's kind of where I'm at. I'm taking it just day by game by game, day by day. You have because to.
1: yeah. I mean You have to. It's a wide open A C C even in like any other like, I don't care. I mean, I'm going to say I don't care, but there's a, there's a possibility where no matter how bad you play, you can still go to the year conference tournament. And you can get into the tournament, right? So, like, I just don't understand these people that just consistently negative, 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 but yet they still watch the torture. If it's so bad, then just shut it off. See you next year, right? Like, I don't know what to tell you, but if you're going to sit here and you're going to just complain, complain, bitch, bitch, and just. You know, put all this negative stuff out there, but then you're essentially, and probably your words, wasting two hours of your life every time they have a game. I mean, what are we doing? I mean, it just doesn't make any sense to me. If you're going to, you know, it's either you're, you're, you're done and shut it off, or like, just be positive, live in the moment. Next game, next game, next man up. Ride it out. See you the next game.
3: Yeah. Hey, PJ in the green room, I, I got to believe. I can't totally see the face, but I, I got to get confirmation here, PJ, from you. I, I think this is Captain. I think this is Captain Patrick. So he says, Joe talking about the back door. Typical. Nasty AF as usual. That's that's a Captain Patrick line right there, if I've ever heard one. So, uh, look, says. Sean, you're the one that said it. <laughs> I did say it, but I was talking basketball, okay?
1: I I mean... Yeah, I get it, but you didn't use the. I mean, he's not. He's doing pick and rolls. He's not doing backdoor cuts. Okay. So when you bring up something like that that he's not doing,
3: okay, fair, fair enough, Joe. At Cuse Lifer fifteen, Cuse is now ten and five. When sw- the I haven't fact, I haven't fact checked this. Uh, Joe obviously a little butt hurt, pun intended, Uh-oh. about the comments about him being nasty as f. So. He, he he. That's how he gets. He gets all butt hurt, and then he then he starts to be, get all nasty about everything. At Cuse, life for fifteen. Cuse is now ten and five. When I haven't fact checked this, but t- Cuse is now ten and five when Swider shoots eleven points or more, and they are now eleven and one when they shoot forty nine percent or better, regardless of what the opponent shoots. So, yeah, I mean, we saw NC State just light it up with the threes, and they still uh, they still. You know, pulled that game off, and it wasn't you know, it, it, it with ease towards the end. So, and they were they were hitting the threes, but they were hitting their shots, and Cole Swider contributed, and they looked good. They looked good out there doing that. And and teams are going to hit on the on the threes against us. It's just how it goes. Uh, yes, that is Captain Patrick by the door. Uh, anyways, uh, at Mahirio underscore ten, this is what Cuse was going to do to Louisville in the twenty twenty. ACC tournament after beating Carolina can't convince me otherwise
1: so I'd like to hear hey
3: hey yeah I'm going I'm gonna go with that I'm gonna go with that. the
1: good old days
3: yeah um so yeah the good old days before the tournament was canceled (laughs) all right moving on quickly here we are here we are here we are here we are approaching approaching the deadline here Boston College coming up This Tuesday, I believe the game's eight o'clock. Is it not? Yes, it is. Eight o'clock at Boston College. The all-time series between Syracuse and Boston College sits at fifty-three and twenty-six in favor of the Orange. The Orange men beat Boston College ten straight games from nineteen eighty-five to nineteen eighty-nine. The two teams met eight times in the Big East tournament, with Syracuse leading the series five to three. The two teams had six seasons where they played played three games. That's just that's pretty good. That's a six seasons playing three games in one year. Overall, Syracuse and Boston College were 34-17 and 17 in Big East, and uh, that was Syracuse taking that, and all of that is according to orangehoops.org. Go there, check that site out. It's really good. Uh, the last time out in February of last year, a 75-67 win for Syracuse, and this was at home. Uh, Gerard Beheim, Dolzhai, Gary Aaron Griffin. Gerard with 16 points. Ken Palm has got Boston College ranked 145th and an adjusted offense of 168th and an adjusted defense ranked 154th. Ken Palm is predicting a 75-72 win for Syracuse at Boston College. Boston College is 167th in the net rankings, making this a quad three game. Okay, Joe going all the way back to non-conference play on December 11th for Boston College. They're three and nine since then. Um, Those three wins came against Clemson, Virginia Tech and Pitt. Their last game on February 1st was a 64 to 55 loss to Virginia so a week off before they're going to face Syracuse, they're only averaging 65 points a game. They're shooting 41% from the field and 31% from three. And as I was looking at the roster, I don't usually make roster notes here because I let Joe do that, but not a whole lot of familiar faces. A couple transfers, a freshman guard they got out there, Jaden Zachary. So uh, I was a little you know, surprised. I haven't seen a ton of Boston College basketball this year, but uh, looks like... Um, I can understand why they're struggling. I guess is what I'm saying, Joe.
1: Yeah, um, they definitely have, have had some issues for sure. Uh, I think they snuck some games out that I didn't think that people thought that they were going to be able to, uh, to to sneak out there. But um, really, I mean, the leader here, as far as the guy that I worry about most, is the Makai Ashton Langford, six uh, three guard, senior. Um, he's been there for for his whole career, and um, you know, he's defensively, he's a pest, uh, and he leads the team in scoring, and um, I think he's going to be a guy that, you know, Joe Girard might have some 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 problems with. Um, but, you know, well, Joe's but, he's handled that whole thing a little bit, you know, he's been, a little bit better.
3: He's been pretty even, good. He's been pretty good.
1: Pretty good um, average. But, uh, you know, Jaden Zachary, the freshman guard, he's also – he's been starting. Um, he's 6'2", and, and, again, another defensive guy. Um, six-two, two 200 pound guard. So maybe that's the guy that goes on, uh, Joe Girard. But again, I, I, I feel like this team is definitely going to, they're going to bring, they know that the only chance they have of beating us is, is hitting threes and bringing that pressure on defense and creating turnovers and stuff like that. Just try to create havoc. Um, so it's going to start obviously with those two guys, Makai Ashton Langford also has a brother, DeMar Langford junior six, five guard sophomore, um, that starts as well. And, uh, he's pretty good. And then you got the three guard lineup, right? So we we know what to deal with that. So the one thing to look at there is, you know, if Buddy's the two guard, then maybe Makai Ashton Lankford's guarding him and he's gonna have a two, three inch advantage, and that's kind of where our our starting lineup sometimes uh, we get those height advantages and those those places where we can get some shots because now you're gonna have a six five Demar Langford playing against either a Cole Swider or Jimmy Bahan. And then moving moving forward to um the forward, T.J. Bickerstaff, is a 6'9", 210 junior, transfer from Drexel. So he's a first-year guy at a Drexel, still trying to figure it out. But he brings them a little bit of height, uh, a little bit of athleticism, and uh, their starting center is James Karnick, who's a 6'9", 230-pound guy. So when you look at their starters, uh, I don't really see anybody who has anything for Jesse. Uh, and I do see a situation where one of the forwards and buddy – Probably going to have a little bit of a height advantage um, when it comes to the starters. Um, now they do have Quinton Post, seven foot, uh, two hundred forty pound junior, that comes off the bench, um, and then lately uh, Gianni Thompson, a 6'8", 205 hundred five pound freshman, has been coming in and um, and getting a little bit of burn. And also there is uh, senior guard Brevin uh, Galloway. 6'2", 200 pounds, and uh, he's a transfer from Coastal... Or sorry, College of Charleston. Um, and he is uh, also the next guy off the bench. So, I mean, you're looking at a freshman, Brevin Galloway is a transfer, and then I have Quentin Post. Sorry, I uh, he um, transfers from Mississippi State. So you got three transfers that are still trying to figure it out. They got a little bit of size, but it seems like uh, they don't go too far into their, their bench, maybe seven eight deep. So, Kind of like us. Uh, I think they need to shoot the three very, very well and play very, very good defense, pesky defense. And then we have to shoot shoot bad. I think that's like that's what this team needs to be able to stay in it with us, especially the way that we're playing. Um, but again, it's basketball, and you got to show up, and you got to put the ball in the basket and, and, and play a game. So that that uh,
3: Jaden Zachary, okay, he's shooting tr- r- r- about forty five percent from three. And he's only taken 56. So he's going to have to take a ton. And, um, you know, really he would be the guy. And obviously this isn't everybody's game plan. So, um, you know, that's the guy. Now, now we all know, uh, being Syracuse fans, that you think that Jaden Zachary is going to be the guy and then someone else comes <laughs> and, and just lights it up because that's how it works. So, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, that would be the guy judging it on paper, uh, where you need to, to put all your chips to at least start this thing off. And like I said, they're not good from three, you know, 30.8, I mean, 31%. So, um, right. it's just, I mean, I'm not totally impressed with Boston college. I'm not saying that they can't upset, especially at home, but you know, they've had a rough go. I mean, Let's be honest, I mentioned three and nine for the past twelve games, and that dates back all the way to uh eleventh uh December eleventh with a loss against St. Louis and a loss against Albany. you know i mean <laughs> yeah uh, I'm, I'm not like i I guess I'm just not super impressed, obviously, you never want to under uh, uh, underestimate your next opponent, but I'm not <laughs> super impressed so Joe uh going back, sorry, we did not predict. The Louisville game, so we didn't get that one, but we did predict the NC State game, and uh, I, I got that one by three. Joe, feel free to do my math. Um, no, thank you. No, thank you. Okay, um, okay. So we're we're tied up five five and one, five five and one, um, with a game missing, which was going to be the the rubber match, but that's fine. Uh, look. I think Syracuse rides the tide, man. They go they go into Boston College. I think they win this game. I'm not real worried about this game, but uh, as soon as I say that is when they make me look stupid. Uh, you know, you got, according to Ken Palm's analytics, he's got a three-point win. I think with the way Syracuse is playing, if they can continue this, and this would be a good test going on the road and doing it, uh, I think if they continue playing the way they're playing, that there's no question that they pull this off easily. And... Um, with Boston College only averaging about 65 points a game in the way they shoot I think our defense is finding enough in them to be able to do a good job and we'll see like I said you never know what can happen when you put all your chips on one guy and then this you know someone comes out and lights it up but I got this thing 84-68 cues Joe
1: oh wow well, look at you, buddy.
3: Yeah, I'm. I'm um, look, look, they're 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 reeling me back in, man. They're reeling me back in. I mean, I don't know what else to say about it. That's just that's so Syracuse.
1: So, though absolutely, let it out. Um, yeah, I mean, when you look at the the wins that they've had and and who's been successful and everything like that, um, you know, a lot of times. One of their big men, really, it go, they go off. Uh, you know, the, the best, the best uh, game that they won was a uh, home game against Notre Dame, and they beat them pretty handily. I think they won by, like, 16. And they had between their two centers, um, Karnick and then Post, who comes off the bench, and then who who is, you know, the power forward that starts. They had 44 points between those three. Notre Dame doesn't really have a true center. So... When you look at some of these games, uh you kind of can tell a tale of what type of teams they can beat and and not beat. And it seems to me like a lot of the guys, a lot of the, the wins that they I mean they don't really have a lot of impressive wins anyway. But um yeah, I I mean I'm I'm right there with you. I mean, it would have to be a really really bad game to lose this game. And uh I think that um that their defense is going to be a little bit better than the last couple of games, but I'm going to go Syracuse, 78, and Boston College, 63.
3: Okay. Still the same type of win, by the way.
1: No, yeah. I think it's going to be something. I mean, it might be a situation where we can get it to, you know, keep it within five to nine. They might keep it in single digits, but I think at some point, you know, unless we just shoot, like, really, really bad. And I think that's at least – a game that we end up pulling away Of later.
3: course, of course, it's in us to shoot bad at some point down the road here. Of course, it's in us. It can happen to anybody. But with Cole coming on, Jesse's doing what he's doing, Buddy being Buddy, Joe's got a little bit of confidence heading into this game. He's probably chomping at the bit. I just don't feel like this is the game where that happens. And I guess that's why I'm up to 84. so um, All, right. that is, all. It is good to be back with you guys. We appreciate all of yes. you for hanging out with us. Sorry about uh, getting here late. I want to thank everybody that was in the green room uh, hanging out. No one wanted to talk. It's fine. It's fine. But we appreciate all of you. Uh, good to be back. So we will try to get back here Wednesday and talk about boston college post game and give a little virginia tech preview by the way virginia tech not that bad not that bad so with that said for joe i'm Sean. we're out peace
1: let's jump into pepper's world of play look for spring flowers hunt for muddy puddles
0: and bravely explore exciting places with pepper play sets
3: pepper pig inspiring kid confidence